Hey, what's good, people? This is Sports Debate Tuesday. This is episode 73. And that guy looking at his girlfriend off camera is Rob McLean. <laughs> and the episode starts right now. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. We built this city. We built this city on rock and roll. What's up, people? This is episode 73, along with my man Rob. Keep it. McLean, McLean, I am your host with the most, not your hostess with the most. I always mess that up. I'm Jason DeBillis, and we are ready to go. Big weekend, first quarter of football, man, pretty good. Mixed martial arts main event this weekend, expected to deliver, and it came up way short. We got to shame or not to shame. We got a whole, a trail, a load of quick questions, not to mention our pick six. Congratulations to, to me on that one. I think I was... Oh, Theo Brunner was five and one. I was five and one. My man Rob McLean, um, uh, two and four on that. He's got some catching up to do. But first things first, Rob. We're in one quarter of the season, and we got what? We got one undefeated team left, right? We got who's that? Arizona. Arizona's Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. someone's ill had to go. And then uh, just last night, the rate. Um, the the, Raiders, were the Raiders yeah. undefeated too? They were, wow. Yeah, the Raiders yeah. were undefeated and they lost to the Chargers. Yeah, and I apologize to our fans too because I forgot to mention <clears> Carolina <throat> was undefeated last week too. They, I said there were four undefeated teams. There were five, but um, someone's Dallas Cowboys took care of that on Thursday night. Dude, we, and just before we got on camera, who were we talking about? We were talking about that, that badass defender, right? Uh, Diggs, right? Yeah. yeah man. <sighs> Stefan's brother, man. Didn't yeah. know they were brothers. Who knew that? You know? You didn't know? No. Nah, man. Yeah, well, the Diggs, man. Diggs twins there. Hmm. That's why uh, someone was saying uh, that they're going to have a, I think it was like one of the analysts. They're like, I can't wait for the, the 30 for 30 Diggs brothers to come out. You know? Definitely. But, and, you know, in the future. And we got to look in the stat book to see if one Diggs, the defensive Diggs, has more touchdown catches than the other one. <laughs> they might for be the season, dead even. For the <laughs> the receiver in the corner. I think one. I think Diggs returned one for a TD. Though, and I don't. I don't think Stephon's got one yet. I think. Look, he got 114 yards receiving. You know, I'm gonna watch Buffalo. He got 114 yards receiving, so I knew that. <laughs> um, so, because I, I follow my my. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo. Um, Rob, quick. Uh, qu topic number one. All right, Kyler Murray, the Cards, whooping on the Rams Sunday. They're the last undefeated team. Um, so four games in, we're pretty much one quarter into this season, um, virtually one quarter because I think there's 17 games now. So Rob, the question is, who are your top five quarterbacks uh, so far? The first four games, not 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 goat, not the goat, not the best quarterback ever, not not the projected best quarterback of the season. On these four games, and on the, based on these four games, who are your for, your top five quarterbacks? Today, little special day. I think I'm going to go first, as if people don't want to hear more of my mouth, right? Um, all right, so my number five is Russell Wilson. Why? Because I'm biased. Because that guy, no matter what, he has a bad game. He always comes back. He has a good game. It's never on the news. The guy got quiet, quietly got four touchdown passes, you know, almost 300 yards like the first first game. No one even said anything because 
in their mind, some people think it's what they're supposed to do, and the haters, they just have to wait another week to pounce on why he's too small to play the game. I mean, we got a guy named Kyler Murray. Happens Actually happens to look a little bit like him and happens, happens to play a little bit like him, if you remember Russell at the beginning of the season, all right? My number four, Patrick. Because he's my homes. You know he's my homes. <laughs> How did you know? Because I told you so. <laughs> First in the league in total touchdown passes. So, he, um, you know, he's had a couple of hiccups and they were last place. One and two is like, oh, my God, panic button. <laughs> I mean, I mean, think of a baseball game. Someone was one and two and someone panicked. Someone was in last place. He should have said what Aaron Rodgers said. He should have said, R-E-L-A-X, relax. I got this. He's my number four. Number three, Dak Prescott. One of my favorite quarterbacks on one of my most disliked teams. And not disliked teams because I don't like the Cowboys, but because I can't stand their nauseating, embarrassingly bad, annoying fan base. All right? But Dak Prescott, my man, played for, Miss, oh, I think, Mississippi State. Uh, he's been doing his thing since he got in the league. First year. Won, won double-digit games. I think they were 13-3. and three. You like that. Um, I like the way he's come back. He's got good legs. He's making better decisions. And he's he's... I would like to say he's always had a good receiving core, but this time is for I could say that. So I got him at number three. Number two, Kyler Murray, man. Kyler Murray's the quarterback on the lone undefeated team with a coach that no one would have given a chance in hell. This coach came into the season, uh, into his rookie season with a losing college record. It's like, how the hell did this guy get hired? But I guess somebody saw something we didn't. He saw something in this kid, and this kid right now is first in the league in completions and fourth, fourth in yards per game, Kyler Murray. And my number one, Every, my, everyone might think it's someone else, but it's not. <laughs> it's Tom Brady. My boyfriend's back bigger than before. Hey, la, hey, la. My boyfriend's back second in the league in yards for, uh, per game. First in the league in completion percentage. Very, very efficient. Um, he's had some hiccups. Gronkowski's missed a game. Brown, um, Antonio Brown's missed a game. No Antonio Brown, no Gronkowski, no problem. Though he had no touchdown uh, um, passes against the New England game. His maturity, his football maturity um, dictates that he has to find a way to win by any means necessary, and he did that, albeit a, mixed, a missed field goal. Those are my top five. Rob, who are your top five quarterbacks the first four games this season? Yeah, so first four games of the season, you know, so not, you know, the whole season, <laughs> I'm saying, but um, yeah, for me to start off, for the same reasons that you mentioned for Russell, but uh, I'm going to say for Patrick Mahomes, you know, he's kind of had to deal with a lot of stuff. Uh, he's had amazing plays, uh, but just for me, the consistency is not there, you know, and when you, when you know what you've seen from him, um, I know there's a lot of things changing. They have literally an entire new offensive line, but still, you know, the, the team affects the player and uh, he's doing the best that he can, but uh, you know, there's still a little bit of inconsistency there. And uh, I just, I look for him to, to pick it up, but for the first four games of the season, you know, he's definitely my top five. You can't, there's no way this guy would be outside anybody's top five of anything. So um, for my number four, I got Kyler, you know, I think he's done an amazing job of uh, growing each season. He's never really had a slump season, even though they didn't finish very well last year or the year before that, um, you know, the way they, the way they wanted to finish. Um, he still made his leaps and bounds each year. He's never had, uh, like a terrible fall off period. And this is just him growing. You know, I think uh, going to your point, uh, I think Cliff Kingsbury just saw the, the change of the league as opposed to maybe just the, the type of player that he is and noticed that, you know, this guy perfectly fits our system. We just have to keep rolling with it. As soon as they brought him in, you knew everything was going to be fine with him on offense. So, 
the uh, yeah defense is finally finally showing up, making him a better player. So my number three is Dak. Um, unfortunately, I have to pick him because you know facts are facts. You can't deny what he's doing. I think he had 187 yards this past uh, game, but he still scored four touchdowns. Like he's just playing at such a high level. You have to put him in there. Um, it's great to see, you know, coming back off injury. Um, we'll see if he keeps it up over the first four games. He's, he's right there. That injury the looked lead. terrible too, man. Yep. It did. Um, and then my number two is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, again, I don't know how you don't keep put him on this list, but uh, yeah, the first game of the year was pretty, pretty rough. But after that, uh, not only has he faced tougher opponents, but he's had much better games. And it was just crazy to see. You know, it's crazy to see the first week how bad he was or how bad the team was, but also how amazing they can turn around the next couple of weeks and just dominate. Um, and yeah, he's just been uh, my my favorite player to watch, but probably the best, probably the best in the league. But again, you can't give you have to give Tom Brady the number one. I don't care who it is because even if he's not the best player, he's gonna win. You know, even if it's not against you know the, his team's not the best of the underdog, he's gonna win. So if you can't lose, you got to be number one, you know. So Tom Brady's got to be number one no matter what. And uh, until he <laughs> shows a different level of play, which, again, he showed a higher level of play this year than I would say even last year, you know, you got you to put him in number one spot. So yeah, that man. would be my top five. You know, I got I to I gotta tell you, in a league where people self-correct and it's a copycat league and sooner or later they figure out uh, and you have to either be ever-changing or your game or your game has to stay the same in such a perfect fashion that they can't stop you anyway that's a testament to how good this man is and and again he knows when to manage games no one knows when to not turn over the ball um we're you know we we're gonna we're gonna explore like how that game ended somewhere in, uh later on this podcast of course so um, and guys, off camera, this this dude, Rob is like, how the hell, Jason, how the hell could you not have Aaron Rodgers in your top five? Crazy, man. He's been crazy. very he's been very polite to me on camera, but I gotta I gotta tell you, I gotta I gotta ask whooping from this guy before the episode started. He's like, wait, I have one question before we start. I was just trying to bump Russell off. That's all. <laughs> and. And for anybody, why not that guy? All right. So, um, all right. So, hey, that was pretty, pretty quick. That That is our quarter. That's the first topic. That's the NFL, t- our, our top five quarterbacks. And now we're getting to topic two. It's our weekly pick six. Um, this week, we had, in your challenge of uh, beat the host, we had our man Theo Brunner. I'll put him up. There goes Theo. Theo Brunner, big time, uh, multiple time AVP champion, one of the best blockers. Um, I th- I would think like a top top ten or top fifteen blocker in the world. Certainly number two or three, um, in the on the domestic tour. Right, I can't think of too many people better than him. You got Jake, who's got good technique. Phil, who's always who's who's been the best in the world for a long time, and and then you got Theo. Theo's more streaky than they are, you know, but. You know, I remember someone asked him if he was like a sneaky blocker, and like Casey Patterson was his partner. I was like, oh, what kind of question was that? But <laughs> but Theo Brunner, hey, big up, bro, five and one. You know, um, I was I, I, the host. I I was five and one. My my man robbed this week. Not not such a good week. Two and four, but hey, he doesn't have too many of them. And I'm just trying to keep as big a lead as I can before I, I kind of wait for it. Because the reason why I even do this pick six is because my partner in crime here happen, happens to be exceptionally good at it. So um, probably have Chris, this year. probably have Kristen Nuss 
um, do our pick six with us this week. She, she, um, she, um, we haven't communicated on, on the picks yet, but I, as long as the saints are in the pick six, she's probably interested. She's a big time uh, New Orleans saints fan. So, so Rob, let's go to our pick six. I'd like for you to go first on this first one. We got the Rams visiting the Seahawks. That's a big game at the big 12. It is, man. I think the Seahawks are going to pull off a, a victory and, and the Rams are going to shut them down. That's what I feel like. But, um, you know, honestly, Aaron Donald, I think he's going to blow up some, uh, a, a team that, that bases their, their wins off of running. And, uh, you know, it didn't work last week against Kyler. So, because they're not really built that way. But, uh, yeah, I think the matchup takes that uh, I'm going to go with the Rams here. You know, when you see the Rams play the Seahawks, like if you look at the last 10 games, you'd be you'd be surprised at how many games the Rams have won out of that. Even when the Rams were bad, even when Coach Jeff Fisher was there, he's always found a way to beat the Seahawks, not once but twice. Um, this is a home game, but that never seemed to matter to the Rams. And who are you picking on this one? I got the Rams. You got the Rams. I think I got to... Uh, I hate to pick against my boy, man, but I gotta go Rams on this on this one too. I think uh, I think there's just too the Rams have too much pressure on the front forward. You, Russell does need some time to to throw the ball, and his receivers do need some time to get free. And that front forward does a really good job checking the running back as well. So I gotta go Rams on this one. It's gonna be a, a long, long day for 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 Russell Wilson and. I don't know. I think they're going to silence that 12, that 12 crowd, that 12 man crowd. That's what it's called, that big 12, 12 man crowd. Um, mm -hmm. Game number two on our pick six is the Eagles and the Panthers. I'll go first on this one. Sam Darnold, um, rough outing last week, but you know what? Pretty, um, He has really shown how many tools he's has in his, had in his toolbox. I've never really thought of him very much to the in the beginning, but in his defense, he was playing for the Jets. He's playing for the Panthers now. Matt Rule's a good coach. I picked the Panthers on this one. The Eagles continue to struggle. Yeah, you know, I want to I wanna pick the Eagles. I really like what they're doing. I really do think that they're going to win. Um, but I think the safe pick is to pick the Panthers. I think, uh, again, barring last week, they've been a really consistent, tough team to play. Um, but, man, I think I'm going to go with my gut on this one. I'm going to go with the Eagles. <laughs> arr, lone Wolf, baby! <laughs> arr, arr, arr. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, game three, we got the Green Bay Packers visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Who you got, buddy? Man, uh, that's really tough. <laughs> I never thought I, I would say go. that. Did we ever think we would say this was a tough pick and ever, like in the last 10 years? Never. No, but I think Aaron Rodgers and the boys are going to roll. So I'm going to go with the Packers. I'm going with the Packers on this, but I'm I want I'm I'm hoping this game is nationally televised and not blacked out of my area because I really like the way uh, um, this guy Burrow has been playing. He's unintimidated. He, he, it's like it's this big stage that a lot of people cower, and he 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 has no problem being fun front and center. He's very, very comfortable in the spotlight. And I think he's going to perform well. I just don't think it's going to be enough. You know, I think Aaron and Aaron, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers are, are going to do well, and they're going to run well on this one. Uh, game four, I'm going to go first on this one, the Saints, the New Orleans Saints visiting that Washington football team. Oh, my God. Come to think of it, I'll have a Heineke, but no, nah, I think I'll have a Jameis instead. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, let's do Jameis Winston. I think he's been up and down, but I think he's well coached. And I think the Saints, even though they do better at home, it doesn't really mean shit to them this year. I mean, the, uh, um, their their defense has been pretty stout um, on the road the last couple of years. And I like, uh, I think this is the game that Winston's up. He's going to be up and down all year. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, but I think he's at the high point. I go Saints. Speaking of you know, defense. I want to go Saints too, but Washington's defense. I don't know. Too. Washington played a tough game yesterday, and I was not expecting it. I don't really like the Chad Hennick you get through, but he's streaky, you know. Um, but I thought that they did the most they could. You know, they're not going to put up many points, so it's really going to be on the defense. I think that if I remember correctly, Washington's had a lot of injuries. Um, but, uh, you know, they still got Chase Young there. It's just I don't think it's enough defensively to, to hold the other team to a certain amount. So I'm going to have to go against the the Redskins this week. And, and yeah, hopefully uh, I get good good results. <laughs> nice. So so you're going Redskins? Are you going, sorry, Washington football team? Yeah, No, I'm going, uh, shoot, who are they playing against? I'm going against the uh, you going yeah, Saints? Saints, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> I think, the, I think yeah, the Giants, I think they just had a good game against them because, honestly, the Saints look freaking good. Yep. I just was surprised they lost. So Nice. All right, we got the Bears against the Raiders. Rob, you're first. Both teams that screwed me last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this might be like Cowboys and Browns last year. <laughs> right. I don't I don't even know. Um Man. Uh I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Bears. Go with the Bears. You know, they got a good tough defense. Um, you know, some something is gonna work out with the quarterback. Dalton either comes back and doesn't play well, they put in fields, they know how to work with them. They worked well last week. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Bears and, and and be confident about it. Yeah. You know, people could be hypocrites. See, the, the same people that are like, oh, my God, you draft this guy top 10. You, don't you want to see if he can, if he's your guy or not? Are the same people that are be like, oh, the, don't, oh, where, where, where? Don't start feels. Uh, it's too soon. It's too soon. You're going to break his psyche. It's like, make up your fucking minds, guys. Uh, I, I like what Fields doing, but I think Fields is going to have another rough week against a very, very um, – um, ridiculously psychologically altering team in, in the Las Vegas Raiders. I think uh, that game's going to be in Vegas. They're going to be rocking. Uh, I don't see Gruden losing losing m- multiple games against mediocre teams. I don't see him losing two in a row this week. Um, I go Raiders. Um, I'll go first on this one. Uh, the Chiefs are hosting the Buffalo Bills. Now, you, 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 you watch your – I already know who you're going to pick, so I'm going to go first on this one, all right? I gotta go with the Buffalo Bills. If the Buffalo Bills lose this one, I'll take that elk. I think I'm gonna be right 14 out of 17 times this year if I pick the Bills every single time and and I'm riding with my guys. I think a nice 14 and three record uh, um, with with my Buffalo Bills is adequate. I think it's gonna be a shootout, and you never picked a, sh- a shootout against Mahomes. But if you're gonna pick a shootout, if you're ever gonna pick one team, it'd be this team. It'd be the Buffalo Bills. Um, style, stylistic nightmare, right? They have every reason to lose this game. They they lost to the Chiefs twice last year, but I'm going with them because my, I just qualify myself from being objective. I'm going with my heart, and not my head. Yeah, every week the Chiefs play more. 
I'm going to choose them more and more. I'm going to stop picking against them because uh, their line's only going to get better. The defense is only going to get healthier. And Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, I don't teams are trying to do different things against them. And this guy's still racking up 130 yards a game. It's ridiculous. So I just don't see people stopping them. And eventually this guy is going to have at least a couple games, maybe five games in the rest of the season where he's feeling it, you know, quote unquote. He hasn't had a single game like that the entire season where Patrick Mahomes just does him. He just (laughs) kills it, you know. So I I think that's going to be one of these games. And no offense to the the Buffalo Bills. Maybe it's the the, the organization and the fans really wanting a win or, uh, you know, or it's, uh, you know, just the pressure of never winning the Super Bowl or whatever it is. But there's just so much on Josh Allen on trying to, as opposed to just being a quarterback that I feel like he does fold in big games. Um, and I don't think it's just on him. You know, I think there's just a lot of pressure on that football team, you know, on the, you know, the whole got to win a Super Bowl, you know, Jim Kelly didn't do it, you know, we got, or it's, you know, it's just, I think that there's a lot of pressure all the time for these big games and he's just, it's just not going to work out for him in the early parts of his career. And he's just got to kind of go through the grind. And I think mm. this is going to be another one where Patrick Mahomes is going to come through. I'm not going to say he's going to roll him, no. but he's going to put up some points. You know, they've had two weeks in a row of pretty easy wins, you know. So we'll we'll see what the Buffalo Bills are made of. But uh, I think it's going to be a close game, high scoring, but Chiefs are going to come out of it. I will say this. Buffalo does not want to be put in a position where you have to um, um, stop stop Kansas City from getting a first down. If they're leading by like two or three and Buffalo's playing defense and they need a stop, Kansas City always – think of all of the wins they got where they just secured first down. Like with two minutes left, they they and and been smart enough to stay in bounds, like Tariq Hill and these guys are just so so well coached. I mean, not just a bunch of athletes that can run and jump and catch and hit. Um, high IQ players with an even higher IQ coach, um, uh, and Andy Reid, and but not dismissing what Sean McDermott's doing. I mean, Sean McDermott uh, right now is the coach everyone wants to play for. They're, he treats people like professionals. There's some unofficial handshake, right? Unofficial contract saying, hey, I'm not going to treat you like kids. Just behave like adults. Is, is, that, is that fair and is that a deal? And, and the players, players are probably like, yeah, that's a deal. So so you're going with the Chiefs. I'm going with the Bills on that one. It makes complete sense to everybody for, for obvious reasons. Um, <clears throat> that's topic two. That's our pick six. We're going to topic three, okay? We bring our, our world of MMA back. Um, I would love to talk about the main event um, with um, Johnny Walker and Tiago Santos, but I don't really want to do that. That that was five rounds, and that was not – I mean, there, this dude broke his foot in the third round, but I don't know what the hell they were doing the first two rounds, all right? Nobody got after it for five rounds. And that's that's kind of what happens when both both guys have knockout power and no one wants to go in, you know? So, right, isn't, this, isn't that what happens in a match? Two things happen that goes to a five round that makes it boring. One, you hit someone with your best shot, and they're still there, and you and you got to figure out game. You got to figure out how to stick and move, a, or some kind of plan B. Or both guys hit so freaking hard, no one wants to. They're like, Nah, I'm not. I'm not getting stopped this match. You know, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I think I'm ahead in the scorecards. The guy's coach told me he was ahead in the scorecards, and here we are talking about it. But go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I think it's yeah. No, I think it should be a, 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 It should be easier for fights like that to be called a draw or to be called. Yeah. You know, a no, a, not, a no contest. No, the L you went know, to the fans. Maybe <laughs> that's what I mean. 
you know, maybe because again, those, those guys get losses and wins put on their record. You know what I mean? And it's unfair to them. Uh, it's unfair to one guy to get those wins over a guy who's deserving to fight, but doesn't show up, you know, like that's a part of the game. That is a part of the game. But that, that, that to me is why there's a no contest or there's a draw because there's not a winner. You know, I think it, it's, the the winning and the losing has creeped into mixed martial arts yeah. results for a very long time, um, and it's in it's in all sports. You know, we're human beings, but you know, I think that needs to be separated. Uh, that if if there's not like there's a lot of mixed martial arts where draws happen all the time, mm-hmm. and you have to actually win your fight, not just win it on points or a technicality right. or a boxing style of round, because that's kind of what it is right now. It's boxing. Yep. Playing if, boxing and MMA rules. Yeah, I got. If there were six rounds instead of five, there'd definitely be a lot of draws because <laughs> they'd right. all be like three, three, right? Um, Belter right. had a good initiative. They 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 um, signed the contract and they don't, they don't do performance bonuses. Your performance bonus happens before you fight because to them they felt like if you already have your money, um, you're not worried about laying praying laying and praying on someone for a win bonus you know but then the ufc has like fight of the night stuff like that that makes people kind of go for it you know and it's like even if i go for it and get smashed if we if i do it gloriously maybe i can win fight of the night so this kind of and i really don't like the whole gladiator pits for just like three for for three awards but but um you know i think sometimes it's like 11 or 12 fights but um I, I, we're gonna find out who's right or wrong on that one, but but the subject matter on this one, Rob, because we're definitely gonna come back at quick question with some of this. Um, Misha Tate, I think, was supposed to fight Dern and um, missed weight. She missed weight by like a lot, and Misha Tate did not take the fight. Um, and this is this is a very very sensitive topic for me because it gets me so upset and and, and, I'll, and I, I guess when it's my turn to speak because I'm going to give you the floor, um, I'll tell you why then. So Rob, let's cut through the chase. I can I can have this nice big intro and and I've already wasted enough time. Here's the question: Should fighters who made weight have to t- uh, feel obligated to take the fight if the other fighter missed weight? No, absolutely not. Um, I, I don't know why they would, you know, think so. Um, yeah. Well, there's no rule that says they have to, but no. it's, it, but in this in a combat sport like where people unwritten. think you're like a puss, right? You know, right. oh, it's he's like not taking a fight because he's afraid with the sophomore psychology bullshit. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, as long as their pay cut pay cut doesn't get you know cut, um, I wouldn't say that it's it's an issue. Um, I think the issue is more of when. You know, and you mentioned it actually a lot of times when they do take the fight and they end up losing and they actually affects their ranking and affects their future going forward because they wanted to not only take the way for take the fight for the money that they're gonna win or could win in a performance bonus. Right. But if they lose, you know, it actually affects their ranking and, and, and where they go and um even if even if not for the ranking in UFC, psychologically it can affect you. You know, like if you lose a fight now you got to recover. Not to say anybody doesn't lose a fight, but you're fighting as a person who doesn't make, who doesn't have to do the same sacrifices, the same, uh, you know, the weight cutting it clearly, or um, just doesn't care, you know. And then all that focus and training goes to relaxing and letting their body heal and recover, as opposed to making weight. You know, it's a big disadvantage. 
Um, so I, I, you know, it's almost to the question though: should they even allow the fights to happen if they make if they miss the weight? I think they need to just have more more uh, more backup fights. Um, but again, is that even fair? You know, what what is? Uh, that's why I think it's so difficult. Like, what is really fair? Because, like you're saying, at the end of the day, is it going to be pushed on the fighter to have to fight a different guy? You know, if a different guy comes in there immediately, is it a different type of a fight? Is it going to make the fighter who was there unprepared to play, you know, fight against a guy last minute? You know, it, it's um, it's very difficult because each fighter is different. You know, they don't really have a, a fighter's uh, association, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a very difficult situation. Um, uh, I think this is one of the biggest things in the fight game is that there's not a solidary voice on many issues. So all, all these players kind of don't have a, a way to um, speak up. You know, they're all individual voices speaking against a conglomerate uh, or a business. Um, but yeah, this is a big issue. Uh, what do you do about making weight, uh, about about fighters making weight? Do you take away their purses? We've kind of covered this one time before. It was uh, Well, right you, now it's 30% of their purse. Yeah, but do you take away their entire purse, you know, and make it, you know, uh, you could fight for your ranking uh, or you could fight for free to try to get a performance bonus, you know, or you could fight for, you know, kibbles and bits. But the other part of that is going to go to the other fight. Yeah. You know, and also Dana says you, you're not a, you are a, a not allowed a performance bonus if you missed weight. So you can give you know what happens if you get fight of the night? Both both uh fifty thousand dollars go to your competitor. <laughs> Ooh, Dana said pay pays to yeah, make weight. <laughs> that's what he says. Like pays to make weight. <laughs> but, but I think I mean that's a that's a tough incentive, but it's a tough incentive for fighters who actually have a chance of mm-hmm. making that fight of the night. Because if you're mm-hmm. fighting, I mean, there's a lot of fights, you know. But if you're fighting on the UFC card, there's you know the bottom twelve fights that you know will never get a performance bonus. So if you don't make weight there. You're really crushing yourself. And there's very, very few people who really make it to the top levels of the cards where that purse is actually going to be, you know, substantial amount of money. You know what I mean? Right. I really don't see a lot of big fights getting missed because of weight like that um, at the at the highest levels. But it happens. And uh, I think people pull out for injury um, a lot more for, for than it is about weight. Uh, mm. Like, like they kind of mask it with an injury, but... Yeah, weight is a that's a very dangerous game. So do so as as it a question? Do you think fighters should be obligated to take the fight? No, and I mean they're not, and I don't think they should be because that's unfair. I mean that's Mm. uh, they're already making a monetary gain if they choose to make the fight. They're taking a big risk, but they're taking a big monetary um, gain pretty much. And uh, yeah, that's up to them. But where it lies, I think that's exactly where the question should be. um, they shouldn't be obligated to, uh, but there's got to be some protection on it. You know, uh, yeah. if they don't take the fight that they can get, they get, they get to choose their next fighter or something, you know, immediately right. it does, or there's a rematch set up. But yeah, I, there's definitely a lot of stigma on what happens if a fighter makes, doesn't make weight. Yeah. And, uh, what do you do with that fight? I know. Well, here's some numbers for your ass. Okay. The, the average number of pounds people have missed weight so far the last couple of years, 2.4 pounds. The average number of weight people miss weight by, 2.4 pounds. Large. Um, 
the last 25 fights, the number of, of fights where the person who missed weight have won, 21. The percentage of purse the fighters lose for um, missing weight, 30%. The number... Um, the number of <laughs> the number or the look on someone's face that if you change the rule and gave the fighter who made weight the show up purse and the winner's purse priceless because <laughs> right now they they only get um dana does award them their show money because they show they they were professional you have two you really this is what pisses me off about this you really really have two jobs all the rest of that stuff you set your own hours you set your own training team you you can train yourself you can coach yourself you can hire a whole bunch the best people in the world to train you um you can choose to cut weight during training which is something we um saw george st pierre do it he did it more organically and he did some sauna time to cut maybe five pounds but you got some of these cats cut cutting like as much as almost 20 pounds the beginning of the week to all you know a fight week they're in the hotel miserable as miserable as f because they're trying to lose these whatever but to me all right the answer is no they should not be obligated to take the fight and i know they'll get blowback be like oh he's a puss he don't want to take the fight he's scared yeah i mean yeah they try to goad you into this sophomore psychology which really works on alpha males uh it's a time-tested thing and we're dumb as shit because of it all right so um no they shouldn't be obligated but i will say this the incentive for fighters to take the fight or not here's the thing rob if they got the show up the show bonus and the win bonus, how many fighters do you think would, would say, nah, I'm good. I'm not taking this fight. Probably all of them. Because <laughs> they're fighting. But, uh, let's say you get 20000 to show. You get another twenty to win. You basically double if you win. Thirty-five to show, 70 to win. You get your 70 on a day's work. I'm not hurt. Put me on, you know, I'm not on any any suspension list because I got hurt, you know, like on 120 suspension list because your eye or this or that. I'm not injured. Hey, put me. Let's hit the reset button. We could we could fight this. This guy can re can pay me again and miss weight again. <laughs> there would be a huge incentive not to take the fight if the if the fighters got the the show money and the win money, oh, which will never happen. I mean, I don't know what the hell Dana White's problem is. He's out there doing seven million dollars at the craps table, but this fighter's on a fucking GoFundMe, you know. Um, um, and it's the cool thing about Dana in his defense though. Once he finds out someone's struggling, is like, hey, all right. You know what? This this don't feel right. Let's make it right. So um, to answer your question, I'm with you. They shouldn't be obligated and they shouldn't be shamed into not taking the fight. You have two jobs to do Two two the two real jobs is to show up and make weight and show up to fight. Right. I mean, that's me. <laughs> Rob's like next topic. <laughs> no, I no, yeah. I definitely agree. Yeah. That's unfortunately that's like the same thing with volleyball is like there's a lot of freedom but that freedom also you know Shame. takes a little bit of structure yeah it does Shame. but dude 21 and 4 is the win-loss record in favor of the fighters who don't make weight so when yeah. you take the fight 
It's an incentive to miss weight. You increases your chances of whatever. And some of them give up two days before. It's like, fuck it. He's going to take the fight anyway. I'll just miss the weight. I'll, like you said, I'll take the 30% cut. But um, I move up in the rankings. And the higher ranked I am, then the higher um, my next fight is on my contract. You, you know what I'm saying? The higher, the, the more money because I'm higher in the rankings. So Oliveira yeah. did that and missed weight a bunch of times. And, you know, he's, he's, he's getting paid. So yeah, yeah. Um, who else? Yoel Romero, he's missed weight. Very important fights. He missed it against Whitaker. He missed it against Luke Rocco. He would have been the champion. He he knocked out Luke Rocco. He would have been the champion. And he put the UFC in a situation where he won and there was still no champ. So that's a shame. That's a shame. And, yeah. and guess what? That's where we're going to. <laughs> that's our next topic, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, topic number four is to shame or not to shame. 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 Okay, buddy, let's switch it. Let's pause it. And let's see where we are. Bobby, McGee. Or should I say Rob? Keep it. McLean. McLean, to shame or not to shame, Rob, the Patriots went for a 56-yard field goal instead of trying to move closer, uh, as some critics would, would, would prescribe, to get in, uh, closer into field goal range with 52 seconds left. Very, very long kick for Nick Folk. Um, going for it on 56 yards, it was fourth down to shame or not to shame, Rob. No shame or shame. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably have to say shame on this one just because... Uh, you know, I understand it's fourth down. You know, might as well get the opportunity if you can. But, uh, you know, Mac Jones played a really nice game. You know, he's in control of the court. Like, he, he, this is what he does. You know, he puts the ball where it needs to be. Uh, I think you got to trust the system that you're creating. And, and uh, I think if there was Tom Brady, they would have gone for that. You know, so I'm not saying that Mac Jones is Tom Brady, but that's the way you got to treat him. You know, that's the way you, you made Tom become that player is, by just saying, hey, if he fails, he fails. But if not, you got to give him a chance. If he's 31 for 40, you got to give him a chance to go for five, 10 yards just to get a, a little bit closer of a field goal for a game winning field goal. You know, that's, uh, uh, I think it's a bad choice. But hey, you know, on to the next one. They got a great quarterback. They're going to have a great future. And there's the horn, which we don't hear, but we'll hear later. Rob, I got to go. This one, I, I'm very, very torn, I, but I'm leaning more towards no shame instead of shame. You had three downs to get close. You have fourth down. If you miss this, you know that's the game. They haven't been really moving the ball um, on third and short and fourth anyway, even though Mac Jones did have 19 straight completions, so he was on fire. So maybe there was a level of dependency to see if your guy could show up Tom Brady in, in his homecoming party. It would be a true passing of the torch and the biggest age gap in the quarterback competition in the history of the NFL. Uh, Nick Folk, I believe his long one was 54. He's a, anything within 45 to 50. He's very steady. He kicks it right through the uprights. You never really have to worry about it going in. But every time he's tried, uh, pretty much every time he's tried a, a field goal attempt um, above 55 yards, it veers a little bit. Sometimes it falls sh just short. He doesn't necessarily have a strong leg. His leg qualifies as strong enough. This time it was strong enough to go through the uprights, but it veered a little bit too much left. And just like the wrestler doinked the clown, this thing doinked uh, uh, um, left and out of bounds. And 
And too bad for them. They went for um, it was a good game, and it was a decision to make. And sometimes your hands in, is in the fate of the kicker, something that the Patriots are more than familiar with. They won two Super Bowls because of it, right? A la um, Mike Vinat- uh, Adam Vinatieri, right? Who, who I thought should have at least gotten one Super Bowl MVP out of those three wins. They were decided by the kick. Uh, yeah, so shame for you. No shame for me on that part. And, and the real winner is is the Patriots because I think they know they got their man, uh, Mac Jones, when they, as they keep developing him. Right. So, yeah, I agree. All right. So, Rob, we're going to quick question. Quick question. Quick question. All right, Rob, quick question. Should Hail Mary's count as interceptions in a record book? Of course. Yeah, me too. I agree. I mean, they get, if the, the, the touchdown counts, right? You just shouldn't throw other ones. Right? Know, throw zero. Yeah. Damn. Who, who? Next question. Who the hell? Team touchdown. <laughs> uh, the person that came up with that question should be horsewhipped. A uh, quick question: Did the Bucks win over New England? Feel like a loss to them? They're trying to read their minds a little bit. Does some of them walk away feeling like it's a loss? I'll go first. Um, a lot of them did feel that way, but to Tom Brady, who's been in the game long enough, he's like, "A win is a win is a win." Thoughts? Yeah, Felt like a loss I or no? Uh, no, I think it was a, I think it was a win for both teams. Mm-hmm. I think I didn't expect New England to be that close. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was a really good game. Uh, quick question, Rob. Is the Browns' defense for real? Definitely. Yeah. Maybe on Clowney and Miles Garrett are yeah. monstrous together. We're New York guys, and you know I follow the Giants as much as I follow the Bills, man. If you remember their front four, the Browns got mm-hmm. front four uh, penetration without without exotic blitzes. There, that is that seems a problem. Uh, quick question, Rob. Um, Yankees, Red Sox, who wins tonight? One one game, wild I mean, card. You know my heart to the Yankees, but uh, the Red Sox, man, they always just have the kryptonite after uh, they they started doing this whole Billy Bean. Uh, money ball thing um, <laughs> but yeah they they're they're a tough team I think the Yankees win but uh I think it's gonna be a great game no matter what I go Yankees on this one it's gonna be an epic game I mean you, this game sells itself it's the Yankees against the Red Sox two very deserving teams two really good teams two teams capable of winning the World Series uh, quick question are the cards the best team in the NFC West right now to me my answer is emphatically yes yeah I mean they're definitely one of the best teams in the NL so yeah. uh, NFC West, not. yeah. Okay. It's just NL period. Yeah. A quick question. Will the Steelers make it to eight and eight? Uh I believe so. And I think that you know, they're just their defense is just gonna be monstrous. They got they went what, eleven and two last year on, mm-hmm. on defense alone. And then when Ben Roethlisberger started getting involved, they sucked. So yeah, I think they yeah. make it to eight and eight. They're just too well coached, and I think this should be Ben Roethlisberger's swan song. Even though they did, they haven't set up any contingency plan for him, right? I mean, Cam Newton's out there unemployed, man. Get him in, get him in somewhere. Um, quick question: Dustin signs a contract to bet, to fight Oliveira for the belt. It's not even a question here. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Dustin Poirier against Oliveira for the belt. I mean, big thumbs up, but I, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a Charles Oliveira show, though. So we're going to see what happens. It just might be his time, huh? He looks good, well, dude. He looks Connor good. Connor looks so bad. Connor fought a boxer with boxing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oliveira is not going to fight boxing, 
and Poirier, you know, he's a great fighter, but he likes to stay standing. He doesn't, I mean, it's not that he can't, but Oliveira is going to change it up. And, uh, yeah, I think the same thing that happened with Michael Chandler is the same thing that's going to happen with, with, with Poirier. Is just, yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Like, too much. I would have picked all, uh, uh, um, I would have picked Poirier, Poirier in, in, a, in, a, in a heartbeat, but after watching what Oliveira did to Chandler, I'm a believer, man. And that's all her face. <laughs> um, who are your, okay, quick question. Should the pay, okay, we already got that. Quick question, the Rams loss, is it a minor setback or panic button? I think it's a minor setback. You know, I was kind of disappointed too, but you know, it was a big game. Either team could have come out one, um, but uh, I hope it's not a panic button. But man, uh, it, that, that that was not a good showing, straight up and down. That right. was not a good showing. No, I think um, no panic button. Minor setback. I'm very much like the Bills in Pittsburgh. I call it a hiccup. Uh, Rob, quick question: um, Which first win was more difficult, the Jets or the Giants? Um, more difficult. They both wound up in overtime. Yeah, no, no. Uh, they, I both saw had, both, they both had to sled through it. I think uh, I would have to say, I would have to say the Jets. I mean, I thought that they, uh, the whole game, they had to kind of work back. Um, yeah. and they kind of came out of nowhere, and you know, the Giants at a certain point of the game, they kind of just turned it around and then they literally took it all the way through overtime. Jets, yeah. they kind of had to piece it together, yeah. piece together something in the overtime. And yeah, it was, I think it was, I, go, I have to say the Jets. I'm with you. I'm going the Jets. There's, I mean, honestly, there's a pass interference on fourth down, which allowed the Titans to actually stay alive and tie the game. And that, that kind of play usually prevents teams from winning games. It's like, ah, oh, shit, you know, we had them. We almost had a good team, but the Jets stayed resilient. And, and I like Coach Saleh. Uh, I mean, I hope he does well, man. Uh, quick question, and this one might this one might be quick, but I say this for last because it might have legs. Um, should marijuana be lifted from the banned substance list for um, combat sports? Yeah. So um, you had a you had a, a very very interesting caveat. That, yeah, I was saying no before, uh, just because that um, it's hard to differentiate between like a THC or something legal uh, if, if it was legalized and what it could mask, which is in the performance enhancing drugs. So um, a lot of players or a lot of, you know, even cyclists or this is cyclists try to do anything, but uh, people would use marijuana to mask other performance enhancing drugs. Um, and that's kind of the process where, or the, the fight back is where people are saying that if you legalize something like that, you could be allowing other performance enhancing drugs to go in or allowing the opportunity for people to mask performance enhancing drugs with THC. So, um, yeah, it's just a slippery slope. And I think at the, at the time, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know where you go with that, but uh, it is very difficult. I, I don't think it is time yet because it's not even regulated. Um, in society so i think it'd be hard to regulate that in sports yet because uh, once it does get regulated society is going to change any type of fighting uh restrictions or uh, allowances so yeah i think it's kind of just in flux at the moment but um yeah usada is never going to let that happen yet yeah 
I agree with you. I, I think it should be lifted from the banned substance list, and I differentiate performance-enhancing drugs with banned substances. I don't think it's a performance-enhancing drug, even though you are more relaxed, and it, and it certainly has its benefits of making you, giving you an advantage of, of getting rid of certain nerves or whatever. But I don't see how marijuana is any more or less beneficial than you eating spinach to increase your iron level, eating Brazil nuts for your testosterone, or just taking natural supplements. It's a natural, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, the herbs or whatever. And this, uh, these, are, these are natural products, but there is there has to be a better system of testing. Like if you just do a urine analysis test, and if you smoked weed eight weeks ago, there'll be traces eight weeks ago that, that come up on your test now to, to, to make people think that you pissed hot now. Um, so if there's some kind of blood test or some kind of test where you... Um, where they can differentiate when you're taking marijuana out of competition. Um, as far as it going in competition, that's a whole other comp conversation. But there shouldn't be a ban on something that enhances your quality of life when there's so many things you get at GNC that 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 are also masking agents. You you know, it's for prefer uh, performance enhancing drugs. It's a crazy system, right? There are banned substances out there that are illegal. Cocaine's not even on a banned substance list. And then you got drugs there that are perfectly legal and help your quality of life that are banned substances or considered performance enhancing drugs. I think it's time everybody got on board with this whole marijuana thing. But until then, people, people stay off. Like Stephen A. Smith says, stay off the weed. If you know you're going to lose some money on that and you do it anyway, I mean... Maybe there's a neurological addiction going on that goes beyond uh, that if you're willing to sacrifice all that money. You know, some people call it a lack of discipline and carelessness, but I think, I think um, then, um, there's something more to it and as far as neurology is concerned, which I'm not qualified to speak about, and, and that's where I close the door on that. Rob, that's the end of the quick question. All right, Robbie, but before we go, the only shout-out I got is Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland didn't have a good fight. Um, it was ruled a no contest, and I know... Um, he's not happy about those things, and he's not like a guy that's avoiding fighters. He's more than willing to run that back. He's trying to get better at his wrestling. He's recruited pretty good wrestlers um, to help him with, and you can see the significant improvement on getting up against against these guys who are great grapplers. But that's not where my shout-out comes from. Someone's getting carjacked. Kevin Holland literally ran down the car, yanked the guy out of the car, and took him down and waited for the police to come. That is some John Jones stuff right there. That um, who <laughs> is a whole. We say John Jones for next week. As all the facts come out, that's I didn't want to talk about John Jones this week. We'll talk about him next week. But to this week's shout out goes to Kevin Holland because that man is a Superman in the cage, and he's obviously a Superman fighting crime outside of the cage. Kudos, Kevin Holland. Yeah, you know. Stay happy, stay healthy, y'all. <laughs> yep. That's Rob's message. Before we go. Oh, see, Rob, say that again. Just just you gotta do that for me. Stay happy, stay healthy, y'all. Stay happy, stay healthy. That is Rob McLean. That is Rob McLean who has love for all. That is Rob Keeper McLean who makes me have love for all. And that's how I'm gonna finish. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your line at Starbucks, for all of you on the lunch line, on your uh, droid or on your desktop watching this podcast. You are appreciated because we're ever so glad we made it. We work hard, so we got to thank God. That is Tribe Call Quest. That is Rob Keep It McLean McLean. This is Jason DeBiss. This is episode of Sports Debate Tuesday, episode 72. We are out.